Jill Bennett sitting in for Simi Sarah. Well, have you ever wished you could put on an invisibility cloak and just, well, be invisible? Well, science has changed a little bit. Is that something that is possible? Dr. Greg Gabor is a theoretical optical physicist and joins us on the line now to talk a bit more about this. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Oh, happy to be here. Thank you. It seems like it would be something very cool to have at your fingertips, but how feasible, how likely is it that you could come up with something like an invisibility cloak? Well, at this point, I tend to tell people that we've decided that invisibility is possible and we're kind of pushing it towards being plausible, which is a big step because for quite a long time, people thought it was impossible. Right. So what has changed or what is it that makes it so we're now in that position where it could be possible? Well, it came down to some papers, that theoretical papers that came out in 2006 that really started the ball rolling that showed not only theoretically that it's possible to make invisibility, but gave us sort of a prescription of how it might work and how an invisibility cloak could be built. And how is it possible? (laughs) Well, the basic idea, the original basic idea of an invisibility cloak is a structure, I kind of picture like a glass jar almost, where light comes into it, gets guided around a central hidden region, and then the light gets sent on its way, kind of like water flowing around a rock in a stream. And so the light comes out the other side as if it encountered nothing at all, and it never touches the hidden region inside. Hmm. And so is it, what are people actually seeing? If you say are the person that's inside that jar-like structure and it's working the way you just described, what are people that are looking at it, what are they actually seeing? The people outside, um, the people outside in principle would see nothing. Uh, The funny thing is, is because of the fact that the ideal original invisibility cloaks were designed to kind of make all light avoid that central region, the person inside would see nothing at all. And so there's been a number of adjustments and strategies to change that because obviously that's not terribly helpful either. Right. So you'd be in the cloak, but you'd kind of be lost. You wouldn't know what was happening around you? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Why do you think we've been so fascinated with this or fixated on this and trying to find a way to make that perfect invisibility cloak? Well, partly, I think, for scientists, part of it is just that it's something that we thought was impossible and just seems really exciting to demonstrate things that otherwise we thought were impossible. Um, Otherwise, it's a great way to understand how to control light more. Um, The techniques that have been introduced for inventing invisibility have also been used to design all sorts of other optical devices that could appear in future technology. And by that, do you mean things like we talk about stealth airplanes or other objects that can be, it could be a benefit to have them operating in a way that people don't know that they're there? Um, That's a possibility. Another nice possibility is that um, if, you can cl- if you can cloak an object from light waves, you can, in principle, also cloak an object from things like earthquake waves. Hmm. So people have actually studied the idea that you could put structures in the ground using the same design principles as invisibility cloaks to try and protect buildings from earthquake waves.
Hmm. And how how close do you think we are to even getting to a point where that's something that could happen? Well, um, the earthquake wave stuff, people have done practical tests, so I imagine there would be quite a few years still before anybody actually tries to use it in a practical sense. Much more testing to be done. The invisibility cloak for visible light, I've gotten in trouble by predicting it before, but there's constant progress being made. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see better and better invisibility demonstrations over the next decade. Hmm. And I was looking at some of your work and and writings about this as well, and I thought it was interesting that there's also research being done that you don't have to actually be inside the invisibility cloak, that you could be next to it and still have the same reaction or the same effect? Yes. Um, If you basically, if you know how light gets scattered off an object, so if I wanted to hide myself and I know how the light is scattering off of me, I could in principle design an object that basically stands next to me and cancels all the scattered light that would otherwise come off of me and make me invisible. And how much light is needed or how important is where the light is coming from and whether or not the light is constant? Um, That's an interesting, nice question because one challenge is if there's very rapidly changing light conditions, that could be a limitation for the invisibility cloak. Not a major one, but depending on the type of invisibility one does, if things change rapidly, it could be difficult for the cloak to adjust very quickly. Right. I I was thinking that, that, yeah, if if you're in changing conditions or bright to dark, it it might have an impact on whether the cloak is really working or not. I would think the last thing you would want in a scenario where you're inside an invisibility cloak is to have the whole thing kind of go away and there you are standing there. Yeah, exactly. And the conditions around you other than light can make a difference too. If you're in a rainstorm, obviously people are going to see that there's a part of empty space that's not getting rained on. Right. Uh, how much of this, too, we, we tend to see these things in, in fictional ways. Maybe they're in, in movies or they're in stories. And oftentimes there's, uh, there's a, a scary aspect to it or it is hiding from something that's, that's a scary or, or there's a reason that uh, the hiding is taking place. How much of that kind of plays into this or, or should, do you think we should move away from when looking at this maybe on a more practical level? Well... Yeah, one of the challenges with invisibility is science fiction has traditionally been invisibility is all about kind of sinister purposes for sneaking around, doing bad things on the scene. Um, it's nice to move away from that. That's part of why I always like to stress the earthquake cloaking approaches and stuff that people are using the same sort of technology for other ideas. And have even thought about invisibility for aesthetics. If you could make a unsightly skyscraper a little less visible or a little more see-through that might be an aesthetic advantage for people right so if you don't like the look of a building not a problem we'll just make that wing or that part of it so you don't see it exactly i guess what does that mean for the people inside the building though (laughs) um That's a very good question. Um, I guess it depends on how the invisibility is done. Again, it could be a problem if it blocks all the light, then they would see nothing. But I have a feeling it would be a balance of 
trying to just make the building less visible from the outside, but still visible from the inside. All right. Well, I love that the research is continuing and moving along into the realm of possible. Dr. Greg Gabor, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me.